once upon a cult. Once upon a time, there was a Pied Piper, and he was loved by all the kids in the land. Oh. I know. I don't want to continue Whoa, with that. Stop it. Everybody liked his music. No. No? Well, I, I don't. I certainly don't now. <laughs> I never really did. I never, yeah. I remember the songs and stuff. Like, but... they were they were good songs, but I never, like, wanted to listen to more of it. Yeah, no, like, it was never on my iTunes playlist or no. anything. iTunes. Yeah. So, if anyone can't tell yet, um, we are talking today about R. Kelly and his sex cult that is a current thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we don't always do a listener warning, but I feel like this this one maybe we should. Yeah, this one we could use a um, explicit content because there is child abuse. Yeah. And that's basically what the whole episode's about. Right. Just a, a ton of child abuse going on here. Yeah. So be warned. And if that's not something you want to listen to, then you should probably skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I think, too, um, this is probably... Well, let's go ahead and let's just... Dive in. Dive on into this. So, R. Kelly was born, Robert Kelly, and he was born in 1967, Chicago, and he was the third amongst four kids. I just want to say right off the bat, like, his parents named him after an X-Men villain, so... (laughs) (laughs) It... I don't think that's where okay, they got okay. the name. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I did. I did not know that. So thanks for sharing. Um, so his dad, though, was actually never really around for the most of it, and his mom was a singer at like local bars and nightclubs. So she didn't really make a ton to support four children. Uh, so they lived in the projects. So they had a pretty pretty rough start there. He was, you know, getting into music at age eight, but also at age eight, um, he begins to start being molested by an older female. So I found a piece of intel. Mm-hmm. I found a report by his older brother that it was his sister oh. who was molesting him and his other brothers. She would um, have them touch her, lick her, and eventually she would have them insert it. Oh, wow and gross. Yeah. So it was her, and then at age 10, jumping ahead just a little, it was a male family friend, an older male, who Mm -hmm. was molesting him. Right, and that was, so his sister was molesting him from ages 8 through 14, Mm -hmm. and then at 10... He was he was starting to be abused by an older male friend of the family, mm-hmm. and then at age eleven, um, he was shot in the shoulder. And there's a little bit of um, question on how it really happened, but there's what he claims is that he was robbed at the time. Like some older kids came and stole his bike and shot him and stole his bike. But a, a friend of the family actually said no. He was actually trying to commit suicide and missed and shot himself in the shoulder. Wow. <clears throat> so I don't know if that, if you know, it was a lie because he didn't want to 
say I attempted suicide at 11 or if it was that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I kind of do think that the suicide was the greater of the two or more likely of the two. I, I'm, I mean, this poor kid, like I, I feel, you feel bad, weird and bad to sympathize with him because of all the gross, disgusting things he's done. But in his childhood, it's like, well, what are we expecting? Mm-hmm. You know, like this poor guy has been abused and beaten and shot. And this is all before he even hits puberty. So how are you even develop like how is your brain developing and processing all of this right um he actually had to even before this another big tragedy in his that he witnessed that i i think kind of i don't know if this is maybe what maybe he's got some mental problems and this is maybe what attracts him to younger girls but at age eight he had a girlfriend um her name was lulu and I don't know the details exactly, but somehow he witnessed Lulu drown in a lake. She, they were, I I think they were like playing and she fell into the lake and was washed away and she was kind of screaming for him to help her. And, excuse me. And that's, that's like what he remembers is her sitting there saying like, or being like, drowning away like yelling his name oh my god that's pretty traumatizing right and then like to be eight and like see like your 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 best friend or girlfriend or whatever you want to say at eight you know then to to witness that i'm sure has some very you know that that's traumatizing so one thing i wanted to bring up is in this documentary because we both watched surviving r kelly amongst our research right one of the things, one of the experts, well, not experts, I don't remember what her title was, psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. She said when somebody's molested, they go on to molest other people and they want to, like, have power over them. I disagree with that. I was going to just say, I also disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> I don't think, I think somebody may be more likely to molest somebody the way they were molested, but I don't think it's 100% a fact that we can say. Yeah, I don't think that's the case um, at all. Um, So, I also disagree. I mean, um, I don't know how comfortable you are talking, but you and I are very good, close friends, and we both have gone through a similar experience. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... I know I certainly never did anything <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And that's not where my thought would even go to. Mm-hmm. I feel that it, I feel you can maybe go one of two ways and people either take that negative and um, they either repeat it or they learn from it and they turn things around because I, I know like, like, for me, I never think, oh, this is my fault. I lost my power or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand that this was a very unfortunate thing that I went through as a child. But it, I, I didn't let it define me as an adult or shape bad behaviors. Does that 
but I'm, I, but I can understand people almost that would use that. Right, because I was molested by someone about two years older than me from age seven to about 13. Mm -hmm. And it felt very much like a game at first. And then as I got older, I realized what we were doing. Right. But I would say I'm on, like you said, the other end of the spectrum where a lot of people who are molested at a young age become over-sexualized. Like, they just talk about sex a lot or very comfortable Mm with sex. Right. Whereas the other spectrum, like you said, will repeat it. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's what they learned. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I just yeah. want to talk about that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you want to get it out there? Some feelings? Some um, deep emotional stuff? You need to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have anything else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're done with the emotion stuff. <laughs> so we get to 1992. R. Kelly is... 22 years old Mm -hmm. and he gets his first single out there bump and grind so now he's getting the attention of teenage girls i i really like okay so i after watching all this i want nothing absolutely nothing to do with r kelly but i do also want to go back and look at the lyrics like yeah because like the only lyrics i can remember i like everybody knows that song too bump and grind Mm -hmm. i don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind (laughs) now i'm wondering though what are the rest of the lyrics because are they like with 12 year olds like do you see nothing wrong with bump because some of his like stuff later got blatantly like yeah what we're just all supporting this now you know and even um so unfortunately with bump and grind like we said he does have a teenage audience so what he starts doing this is disturbing on many levels to me mm-hmm. is he starts having his basically like security and his driver drive him around a local high school where they approach young girls usually around 14 and invite them to meet r kelly and then what that would eventually lead to is he would take them back to the recording studio and usually have sex with them. So it got to a point where the school was aware of it and they nicknamed him the Pied Piper because he was leading kids away yeah, just like and, the Pied Piper. And he, um, yeah, he was like, even on his Wikipedia page, it's he, he supports the name Pied Piper. Wow, that's so wrong. It is. And the fact that these... These people working for him are okay with this. Like, right? That's I feel crazy. like one girl said in the documentary, you sat there and you watched it, you are just as guilty. And yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Like, those girls are helpless at this point. Yeah. And you're not doing anything to better their lives or situations. And you bring people into this, you're just as guilty. And even the girls, the girls are seeing him have sex with their friends, Mm -hmm. and it's still like nobody's doing anything. This is just okay because it's R. Kelly and he's famous. So speaking of, another famous person comes into the picture. Who's that? Oh, I know. (laughs) This was your gateway to talking about. I know, I know. I was like, what? What are we talking about? Ooh, this is exciting. Are we doing a podcast right now? Oh. Oh? So, yeah, so actually, R. Kelly starts producing music as well at this point, which is a great way to meet young ladies. And he is actually introduced to the late Aaliyah, Mm -hmm. who he takes on as his protege and starts grooming her and molding her and produces her first album titled 
age ain't nothing but a number. Hmm. Where did you get that idea, Aaliyah? And then at the time, 15-year-old Aaliyah was, they also... Well, had, and she started with him when she was 12. Yes. he met. They met when she was 12, and he kind of groomed her musically, and I don't even want to know how mm. else. And then that's when, and then at 15, they produced Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Yep. They also produced a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> at age 15. They, they they lied about her age her, on yeah. legal documents. He, R. Kelly paid someone and somebody accepted money to go and falsify documents to say that Aaliyah was 18 so that R. Kelly could marry her. Which, another huge red flag. Like, come right? on. And you know what's funny? I was watching the documentary and I thought to myself, oh my God, this is going to destroy Chris's world. He loves Aaliyah. And I went and knocked on his door and uh-huh. I was like, girl. Did you know R. Kelly did this to Aaliyah? And he's like, yeah, everybody like, knows. Like, everybody knows. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I just never followed R. Kelly or Aaliyah, so I didn't know. I used to love Aaliyah when I was a kid. I remember. But, and I remember when she died, what a big deal it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I remember Aaliyah, but um, I didn't know that they were married, and I didn't know that she was 15 at the time. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And, and the marriage only lasted two months, and then she was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, though, that she got out because, unfortunately, there's a lot of these girls that don't. Yeah. You know? So. So it it got to a point where R. Kelly, some, one of his, um, I want to say, what's the word I'm looking for? Like someone who worked for him? His entourage? Yeah, one of his entourage, I guess. Mm-hmm. They walked into his mansion, and he said there was an underage girl in every room. And every still, room. like, nothing was done at this point. But this is where he was when yeah. his music career was getting to its height. Right. And he would bring these girls into his ring by saying, you know, like, I can make you a star. I can make you famous. Mm-hmm. He was going to produce them just like mm-hmm. he produced Aaliyah. Yep. You know. See, and it works. See, yeah. And then these girls, too, are like, well, shit, if Aaliyah can get famous and he can do this for her, he can. And he says he can do this for me, then mm-hmm. why not? So. But then what's even more disturbing is he does, he gets their phone numbers and then what he does is he texts them and tells them not to tell their parents. Mm-hmm. He gets them to come over. He starts to have them be there more and more. And then he changes their phone numbers without them knowing. He takes, yeah, he takes a phone and replaces their cell phone and gives them one that he controls. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's allowed to do any, like, I don't think, think you can call anyone else or anything. And you're only allowed to text him. And these girls have to text him when they want to do anything. Like, yeah. go to the bathroom. Go eat something. Like, they're not allowed to leave their room. It's crazy. And here's one thing I think we really need to... You're stuck, you're stuck. We really need to, I think, understand this. Because there was a joke on the cartoon The Boondocks. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it a little bit more later. But they kind of made fun of these girls that like if you're uncomfortable doing anything don't do it just get out of there right but a lot of this starts with a very careful plan set out Mm -hmm. by r kelly that we've seen from other leaders right where he would start by having them call him daddy and that Mm -hmm. was his first bit of control right and And it would gradually increase to mm -hmm. more things and and like you it starts with little things like you wouldn't necessarily even think Mm -hmm. you know like call me daddy right you know like 
I, I mean, that's not like a huge enough red flag, especially though, too, for these young girls. Because this is the other thing we need to remember that these are teenage, young teenage mm -hmm. girls or pubescent girls that don't have the brain um, development yet to make these rational decisions. Now, I'm going to speak to a whole nother point, too, because I got to be honest, I'm like a super fan of my favorite group, like these girls were and if 15 year old me was given an option to be like hey these guys want you back here i'd be like okay yeah cool it's... you know what i mean like 15 year old me would not have been able to mentally handle what was being thrown at me and in, in all right that. you know what i mean like i agree because at that age you don't think like oh okay i'm gonna get i've remembered this example while i was watching it um so at that age you don't think to yourself like these are big stars these are big names they're gonna you know, do this to me. Mm -hmm. And there's even a point where I saw this in motion where um, my sister, Jenny, when she was a teenager, she got in, uh, she had to do a project for school where she had to work in the field that she wanted to work in when she grew up. Mm -hmm. So she actually Facebooked, I know Facebook, that's where we were at the time. <laughs> right. Um, Sweet Pea from Project Runway. Okay. And she actually answered her. Oh, wow. And she said, yeah, I can take you around for a day and we'll sew something mm -hmm. so i remember my mom and i drove with my sister out to meet sweet pea and we dropped her off and then my mom started freaking out like i just left my daughter with a stranger we don't know this lady right. and i even told my mom at the time like mom she's been she, on tv she's been on tv she's not gonna do anything that's gonna hurt her career right but now as i've gotten older and you see stuff and like this and that's funny that that's almost like the same argument R. Kelly had put up in an interview mm -hmm. I watched. I don't know if you watched that one with um, Gail. I can't remember her last name. Mm -hmm. uh, Oprah's friend, right? Oh, yeah. So she, he was like, that, that's not even common sense. Why would I do that to my career? That's not common sense. So he knows that that's like a defense mm -hmm. that he could put up. Like my celebrity is like, hello, like on the line. Why would I do that? Yeah. It's crazy the ways that he had to manipulate people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So he would definitely use, dangle the idea of fame and and money, too. And these are also girls that probably are, they're all from Chicago, really, which is not the greatest of areas. Mm -hmm. So you've got somebody here who's famous, rich and famous, dangling the idea of fame and fortune in your face and you're 15, 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy mark. Yeah. Let's so face he, it. He did, yeah. He targeted very easy marks. But part of me wonders, did he target these girls because if it was a power thing and he can control, or was it he was genuinely attracted to a young girl? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you are you really a pedophile, or is it... Do, do you know what I mean? Am I making sense? I do, and I'm going to make a statement. Because I feel I, like it's kind of all of the above. I don't want to defend pedophilia at all, so I don't mm -hmm. want anybody to take that from what I'm going to say. But I think I think we all have fetishes, and I think pedophilia is a fetish. Mm -hmm. It just unfortunately harms another person. So I think people who are attracted to young children, I actually, part of me feels bad for them that they have this fetish, because it probably is something that's hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, it doesn't make it right that he's doing this to these young girls who right. can't make adult decisions yet. Does, is think, that okay to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay to say. 
But I mean, it's, it's yeah. Because definitely being molested by an older sibling when you're young, I think that definitely can trigger wanting to almost quote unquote get revenge against girls of that age so i could see where that would follow him the rest of his life see i was thinking it as not a revenge way but like um a remorseful way because of the trauma he went through with his friend losing his girlfriend lulu at eight okay drowning and like like is he mentally stuck at eight Gotcha. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think he's very well aware. He he has to be very well aware of what he's doing because he knows it's wrong. Right. You know, you wouldn't defend it if you didn't think it was okay. Right. Right? It's true. He knows. Yeah. He knows he's, he's doing wrong with these girls. But the scary thing is, is along with everything else that's happened so far, we also see a lot of court cases start up against mm-hmm. him and molestation charges, and it keeps getting settled outside of court. Right. So this is another, to me, a big red flag for the law to come in and be like, right? why are there all these cases, and why do they keep getting settled outside of court? Mm-hmm. So I don't know why. Well, I do know because he's famous, right. and there's money involved. There's money. Yeah, money covers up a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But around what... 2008 is where we finally get to money can't quite cover it up enough and we don't settle outside or out or yeah outside of court and he does get arrested right so he um he videotapes everything basically he's a narcissist he well he was saying he says like i've got a problem like he knows he has a problem and he's like these tapes are gonna get me in trouble one day yeah and they did which they did one of the tapes but he couldn't stop himself yeah one of the tapes leaked around, like you said, 2008, mm-hmm. and it was of a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old right. engaging in sex with him and him urinating on them. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really just beyond anything else disturbs me is I remember when these tapes came out, like right. everybody was talking about there's a celebrity who pees on people, and it, it was, was like the joke. big rage. Yeah. Everybody thought, I remember everybody thought the it was. The um, was everywhere. Everybody thought it was the singer from Limp Bizkit that peed on people. Fred Durst? Fred Durst, yes. <laughs> but like, and even on shows, like the Chappelle show made fun of it. The Boondocks it made joke. fun of it. Yeah. South Park made fun we of it. We did not take this seriously. No, and nobody and mentioned the age of the girls, which is yeah, the I was big say, part. The big part of, I, I remember it too. And like you, the only thing I remember in 2008 taking away was that, it, I remember it was our Kelly and he peed on someone. Like yeah. he made a video of him peeing on someone. And I, at the time I was like, okay, whatever. He peed on someone. People do weird shit, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a golden shower. We all know what it's right. called, right? I used to have a roommate who was into that. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know? But at no point did I remember hearing it was with a 14 and 16-year-old girl. Right. That should have been the big takeaway. And I remember it was, I even remember the takeaway was, it was portrayed as it was a, a, a fan. And she had wanted this, like, but now she was trying to say, like, she didn't want it. So it was, like, bad on the fan, you yeah. know? It's like, but at no point did we mention this fan was only 15, or 14. 14. Yeah. So. hmm And there was girls that he had met starting in, as young as age 12. Yeah. And started, there was one girl, um, she was the niece of one of his backup singers, Sparkle. And she introduced... She wanted her to have a, a career, you know, and and she only knew R. Kelly as this, his front R. Kelly, not the real him. 
you know, so she introduced her 12-year-old niece and was like, my niece has a future. And that was the girl, actually, that at 14 was in the video. That's so terrible. Like, I can't imagine being Sparkle and knowing, like, I brought this into her life. Oh, yeah. And then it even happened, um, well, okay, let's start with the allegations in 2008. So he goes to court and um, after a long trial... He's seen well, as not guilty. Before, well, before I think, too, we even get to that, how delayed was this trial? It was. Because, and and that's got to be frustrating for the victims, too, because they have that right to a fair and speedy trial. But it was six years mm-hmm. before. So, of course, the, which was brilliant on the defenses we have to be able to push it back that long. Because now when you see these girls on the stand, they're not 12-year-old little girls. Mm-mm. They've grown. Yep. They're mature now. So you don't see them as children. So I, I I hate so much too because after those six years and we have the trial, we get a not guilty verdict. Yep. There's a fucking video of him peeing on a little girl. And we somehow ended up with a not guilty verdict. And he even tried to say it was his older his brother older in the video. Brother. And you know what drives me crazy is Sparkle's niece and her family, they they wouldn't come forward. I think the family was paid a significant amount of money. You think so? I do. And um, that's really sad and disgusting to me, too, Mm -hmm. that that's worth more, you know? Yeah. Because if that were me and I didn't come forward, how many other girls... How many has this happened other girls to? has this happened to? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it's still happening to. It's still happening. That's the thing is it is still happening. Mm-hmm. He is free out there right now. And at, as of now, there are known to be six girls living with him in his wow. Chicago home as of today. Okay. Which, and, and to hear too how he's he deals with some of the problems that he came with the girls. Like there was one girl that was like, I heard them talking about killing me. Yeah, I remember like that. Like he, what? She what was the one who. Stop? She was the other one on the tape. Yeah, because they blamed her for the tape getting right. out. Right, she was the sixteen-year-old mm-hmm. of the two. Yeah, so and she was one that he had. I think was um, made her a trainer. So he would have one of the older girls that had been around for a while train and groom the girls. Like when R. Kelly comes in, you jump up and you kiss him right away. Like mm-hmm. that was one of the things. As soon as he walked in the room, you had to get up and kiss him right away. Mm-hmm. or you would get beat or you know that's that's another thing we don't like people don't understand is what these living conditions are for these girls that they can't just walk out no you one know. thing that's scary is because he was found not guilty mm-hmm. we have we see a family for example they go to an r kelly concert yeah. and they were like we've heard about the allegations but, but he, he was found guilty. not guilty yeah so their daughter got called on stage and he at one point got hold of her number and he ended up abducting mm-hmm. her too just from her being at an r kelly yeah. concert like that is how quick it, it is to get these girls mm-hmm. like you gotta understand these young girls are just so impressionable mm-hmm. so impressionable you know, and you can't, I mean, like, as a parent, you got to think, too, like, you got to feel so bad, like, how did I let my daughter get in that situation? How did that happen so fast? Well, I think, I understand I would feel bad as a parent, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like, that's so fantastical that I took my daughter to a concert and now she got abducted by the singer. Like, you, that's crazy. It doesn't sound like a real story. No. <laughs> 
It's like, what? Yeah. And it's like, and then you tell people, yeah, it was R. Kelly. Yeah. We went to an R. Kelly concert. This is not just like some like no-name person like concert or some like, you know, like local band. No, this is R. Kelly. He is a number one billboard artist. He is like legitimately making money in the music industry and looked at with admiration, you know, because he's produced so much. Like, this is a real celebrity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like... So you you don't think like anything's gonna happen, and you're and two, I'm sure they thought like there's like how many thousands of people here, right? Well, how could she possibly get abducted in plain sight like that? Right, they weren't even in like great seats, right? No, <laughs> I could see like if they got pit tickets and she was right up front, but no, they were in seats, and she still ended up getting taken on stage and eventually abducted. Yeah. And she's still there. She's right? still there. Yeah. She's one of the girls that is still there. And it, I just, and they've tried to do wellness checks too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. And so that's something if you guys don't know, or if you guys too, by the way, are worried about someone, you think they might be in a cult, you can always do what's called a wellness check. And you call the police and they forcibly go and make make sure that the person is okay. Mm-hmm. And they've done wellness checks and they've gone in and she's an adult at this point because he's had her for a while, mm-hmm. years now, and she was 17 at the time. So now she's a consensual adult, mm-hmm. and but they're all brainwashed and... Yeah, they're made to feel like they don't have anything else at that point. And even an adult woman, she was almost 40, I think. Yeah, she was the sister. Yeah. And this woman, um, you know, was there because they were like, oh, because there was another family that was saying they they were going to let her record with R. Kelly, but somebody had to be there at all times. Mm -hmm. A grown-up had to be with her at all times. Well, he still got her. Yeah, <laughs> like, he got her eventually. Because her older sister was the one with her. And she was, like you said, you know, um, in her 40s, I think. And one night she she woke up in the middle of the night and her sister was already gone. Mm-hmm. And they took her to the middle of somewhere and left her and said, if you even call the cops or anything, we'll kill your we'll family. Kill your family. Yeah, and one mom actually went to a hotel where she heard her daughter was staying, mm-hmm. and she actually was able to find her daughter. The hotel manager led her to the room. She got to speak to her daughter. Mm-hmm. Her daughter said, basically, I can't talk anymore now. Come back at 6. And when the mom came back, it was night and day because suddenly the hotel manager was like, she said, she's not your daughter. Yeah. We called the police. You so what do you think happened there? I think she was afraid or R. Kelly, maybe she was so afraid of R. Kelly finding out. She's like, don't worry, I already, I already told him you're not, that's See, not my mom. But she did leave with her mom. I don't think the girl told the police any of that because she made it sound like that wasn't me. I think the hotel manager was paid off. Oh. Because mm-hmm. why was he so helpful and then suddenly he wouldn't even take her to the room at all? Right. And how could he say, like, you're not the mom after he saw her talking to the daughter through the yeah. door? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they were crying to each other. Yeah. That's not just somebody you don't know. And it's like, how do you take the money like that? Like, obviously, there's something really wrong yeah. going on here. You know? And it's, like, if I'm that hotel manager, I'd be like, I don't want, I, 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 I would be like, I don't want anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with this because I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if I'm helping someone or hurting someone right now. I'd be like, 
I can't, I can't do that. I wonder if there's threats on that part too. Like how big were these threats? That's true too. Mm-hmm. You know, cause if I, I'm sure R. Kelly would stop at nothing. And I yeah. think the thing is, this is the thing too. I think that, you know, somebody had talked about R. Kelly having a God complex mm-hmm. and I'm sure he does. And why not? Right? Because we've all allowed this man to go on for years and years and he's got his entourage that will go out and do all this stuff for him. No questions asked. He's been put into trial and he's been found not guilty when there is a video of him blatantly peeing on little girls Mm -hmm. and he still walks away. So why shouldn't he be able to do whatever he wants? He's our fucking Kelly, right? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. He's, He's got money. He's going to do what he wants and he doesn't care. And we've all continued to support it. And so why, why wouldn't he think the way of himself? You know, mm-hmm. so he thinks very highly of himself. And we not only have these girls to go off of, but we have R. Kelly's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. who sh- She had two of his kids who is terrified of him. And like, these are people very close. So there's fans out there who are still like, R. Kelly didn't do it. But at what point are you like, right? is this just a huge cover-up? Are all these people in on it? No. No. But no. there is a parallel I'm seeing. And one thing that, I'm just going to say it, it kind of bothered me a little bit in the documentary is a lot of black people said if these were white girls this was happening to, he would have been arrested right away. Mm -hmm. And I don't fully agree with that either because I'm going to make a parallel. I have a band I used to really like called Blood on the Dance Floor. And people make fun of me for liking them because they're very childish, but I really like them. The lead singer is very similar where he would tell pe- he would tell teenage girls, usually white girls, mm-hmm. that he wanted to come do their hair and show them like how to do hair and okay. stuff like that. And he would find times to go when their parents weren't there mm-hmm. and he would beat them. He would force them to give him oral, like one girl to the point where her mouth was bleeding. Oh, wow. And one of the parents did call the cops mm-hmm. and... They said, we don't want to press charges, so the cops dropped the whole thing. Right. Which apparently, cops don't have to drop it, even if they're told no charges. That's what somebody said. But he has 27 accounts, uh, I think 25 to 27 accounts of molestation against him. Mm -hmm. And it's to the point where his other band member left the band because he walked in on him in the tour bus with two underage girls. So this has been going on for probably about 15 years Mm -hmm. and he's still free. And he even just released an album. I listened to a little bit of it and then turned it off because it was right after I heard about the allegations where he said something about, I just want to get my dick sucked. So he's like throwing it in our faces, just like R. Kelly does that he's doing this, but he's still free too. So I think there's a parallel to fame and money. Yeah. And I I think we need to watch out for it. Yeah. And I think too, though, that, also, you got to consider the level of fame. Like, that's yeah. even just a small amount of fame, and we're still letting this guy off. R. Kelly had exactly. huge fame. So he's been able to just skate by, you know, and he's got big pockets that he can just kind of, you mm-hmm. know, like how many girls, too, or said something about along lines of, like, the record company didn't care. Yeah. And how much the record company tried to cover it up. Yeah, the record you know? company keeps saying they didn't know about it, they didn't know the extent of it, or all these or, excuses. Yeah, it doesn't matter, because it's our... One executive blatantly said it didn't matter because it was R. Kelly. And one... Who, who also is, too, you know, not just responsible for his own right, but 
he like I said, he produced mm -hmm. more music. He wrote, wrote music for so many artists. He wrote music for Whitney Houston. You know, like how many other artists does he impact? Right. And so I think the music industry was really like, yeah, no, we need to help shut this down too. Yeah, and somebody even claims, I don't know if it's true or not, that early on he went to the record label and said, we can't support R. Kelly because he's doing this. Mm -hmm. And they, like you said, blatantly just said, not our deal. Yeah. <laughs> not a big enough deal. So what is a big enough deal, you know? Like Yeah. I think the label, once everything lands, they're going to be in a lot of trouble for not doing anything. Oh, yeah. There's probably lots of documents that show that they knew. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's There's got to be tons covering this up. Because he's just, he's pretty blatant at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just like, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. And even in 2013... I started asking myself, like, in 2013, Lady Gaga did a song with R. Kelly. I'm like, mm -hmm. I really respect her. So why did she do the song with someone who's known to be doing this? Right. Same thing, though. He was found not guilty. So in the eyes of the public, he's right. not doing anything. Since the documentary came out, even she has come out and said, if I had any idea that he was doing this, I mm -hmm. would not have worked with him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I'm sure. But it just goes to show how how much we trust the law and how it's not always right. 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 I just want to say right again. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess though we should wrap it up and ask our final question. Do you think this is a cult? All right, Victoria, let's go through our characteristics. Charismatic leader. Check. Check. I agree. Alienation. Check. Check. What about belief system slash how accessible is it? So that's where I struggle because they don't have a, a real belief system. It's not like R. Kelly is necessarily preaching about here, but he does position a lifestyle, I think. So I don't know if that could be, mm -hmm. if fame is the belief system. I don't know. You know, so mm -hmm. I struggle to find the belief system with this one. I actually do believe that this one's a little different, but I think the belief system is the fame. I take that as they come in believing that they are going to be famous. Mm -hmm. So it's not belief in a supernatural being or God or anything like that. But I do count it as a belief in bettering themselves. Okay. So I still check that one. Okay. Outside evil. Just their families, I think, which still goes into alienation, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's not a bigger um, outside force where we see with other cults, mm -hmm. you know. Sense of community. No. No. Not at all. It's just the opposite. It's complete isolation. Mm -hmm. So that might be kind of an indicator that of what I think this is. Okay. I personally, I, I don't think this is a cult. I think it has cult qualities and a cult leader, but I think one of the most important things that you have with a cult is a true following, meaning like people actually are following you by choice and they believe in what you're saying and they want to be a part of what you're saying, whereas these girls are, I feel, not so much promises, but they're misled. They're led to believe, oh, you're going to get this fame, and then it's like, no, now that we're behind closed doors, I'm going to start beating you, you know. So I don't think, I don't think this is a cult more than it is a crime. 
I would say it is a cult, and I think it parallels kind of what we saw with Roke, where I know he had more of a community that he built. Right. But they had a belief that tied them to Roke, and they believed that if they left him, they wouldn't have a sense of the world that they know. Mm -hmm. And he was abusing them and making them feel like they had to be with him only. So I think it's a cult in that sense. Right. Okay. But I could see, I could see where there's yeah. a line here. There's a very where fine like line. I could yeah. see where your point is. It's towing the line, but not crossing. And I could see where it has crossed a little bit, but maybe not as much mm-hmm. as other cults. But it also reminded me, though, of another cult that we talked about in the past. Um, Warren Jeff, mm-hmm. the dude out in Utah, who is, by the way, behind bars for what he's done, because just like R. Kelly, the women in his cult are not there by choice. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, it's almost like they're being held prisoner. You know, in some of, in Warren Jeff's case, some of those women were born into it, so they don't know any other life. You mm-hmm. know, they never went to school, they never had any socialization, so they don't know any different. These girls, unfortunately, you know, they, they were kind of abducted, in right. my opinion. They weren't, you know, it's not like they went to a meeting learning about our seminar, how you can learn to be famous. And they were like, yeah, sign me up. Let me give you my money. And you brainwash me this way. Like I'm coming to you to be brainwashed. Whereas it was like, he, he took them, I feel, mm-hmm. you know? So that makes sense. Yeah. What a nice little argument we just had. We did. Let's never fight again. I know, but wait, but that means this is an undecided episode. Wow. So we don't know if R. Kelly is truly running a sex cult or not. So, I mean, I'd love for everyone to give us their opinion. Do you think that this one is a cult or not? Yeah, write us. Let us know. Cult, crime, or other. (laughs) (laughs) So you can definitely, though, write us, of course, at our Gmail, which is onceuponatime at gmail.com. Once upon a what? Once upon a cult. I know the name (laughs) of our podcast. Once upon a cult at gmail.com or once upon a cult at Instagram, Twitter, which we we maybe will post on there once in a while. So don't hold your breath though, okay? Just follow us. <laughs> Leave us comments. We promise to post at least once a week and we'll post about R. Kelly so you can you can decide is this a cult or not. Okay, for next week we're gonna be talking about someone who may or may not be a college dropout who knows they could have gone to graduation but they could have also (laughs) they could have also what where where are you going with this i lost my train (laughs) jesus i lost my train god jesus is king (laughs) that's your hint that's your hint for next week jesus It's got to be a pretty solid giveaway, I think, right? I think so, yeah. too. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Colties, um, that's all for this week. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week. And keep yourself safe and each other. Bye. Bye.